0: You're listening to a Monster Kid Podcast. (laughs) We interrupt this broadcast to bring you this special message. How's it going, eh? Today's show on the Monster Kid Podcast Network is a classic. Hosted by two comedic geniuses who've watched way too much North American cinema from the 21st century. Mike Pisacano and Anthony Cilio. Entitled, Cinemarketing, this podcast chronicles the heroic adventures of two latter-day consumers of film and the marketing surrounding them. Or, to use the correct 20th century terminology, losers. We hope you give it three thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, uh. Welcome to the spooky, scary Halloween episode Oops. of Cinema Marketing. <laughs> I'm... Michael Myers Pizzacano, which I'm not happy about because of how bad Halloween Ends was. But anyway,
1: <laughs> I'm Anthony Spooky Cilio. Boy. I'm Michael Myers, Louis Otero, uh, which I <laughs> I thought it was
2: going to be Louis Boutero.
1: Nope, nope. It's Lewis... Michael Myers, Louis Otero because of how much I enjoyed Halloween Ends. It's not what I've been hearing, great, but I enjoyed it.
2: What I've been hearing, it's... Uh... It's to not too good. People were
1: very happy to watch that on uh, Peacock. <laughs> I also watched it on Peacock.
0: Gotta yeah, gotta get gotta get your your monthly subscription. Uh, you know, make it worth your while outside of wrestling. Yeah. Fuck, fuck Peacock! I'm gonna, I'm gonna start uh, streaming on Shit Dick. I mean, Peacock did recently have <laughs> that uh, that Barney docu series that was pretty good.
1: Oh, I don't know, uh, dude. The, I, I the, watched it yesterday and I thought it was pretty awful. Really? <laughs> I
2: I'll, I'll give it a go. I was a Barney kid. Did you? But watch anyway. It? No, I watched
0: Barney. I didn't watch the doc. No, I'm Mike. Did, did you watch it? I watched the doc. I, I enjoyed it. I like the structuring of like the two episodes. Um But anyway, uh we're not here to talk about Barney for, for little babies. We're here to talk about Gary's stories to tell in the dark. Based off a book series for babies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a little for for a little older babies though, older uh, babies. Yeah, we cause... call them toddlers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Goosebumps is for babies, and scary stories to tell in the dark is for is for toddlers. Uh, that's how amazing, it amazing. And then Stephen King is back to being for babies. Yes, yes. <laughs> good call, good call. Uh, so yeah, so scary stories to tell in the dark, famous um, children's book series. Uh, I never really read any of them when i was a kid i was not into horror at all when i was younger so i did not uh come near any of these or goosebumps at all but you guys seem to have had more familiarity oh. with it oh uh quiet reading time uh you remember deer time drop
2: everything and read yeah. deer time i went straight for the fucking scary stories to tell in the dark book 100 percent.
1: yeah louis i
2: you know you're a fan of it too
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, uh, they were like the first thing I would pick out of the school library. I went to a Catholic school, too, which was like. So So they must have thought that you were, you know, possessed by Satan for reading this book.
2: Why do they have the book (laughs) in the library to begin with? They're enabling it.
1: (laughs) That's a very good point. Yeah, it's 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 a trap. Really, when you're it's in a Catholic trap
0: school. to catch the atheist kids <laughs> and, and catch Christian, them, Chris, Christian Hansen is outside waiting for you, <laughs>
2: Christian Hansen. Why don't you have a seat right over there? What, 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 what were you reading that uh, uh, Dear time there? You know, uh, you know, you know, God doesn't really uh, like these. Uh, you know that <laughs> did, did you guys. but Sidebar, did you guys call it deer time in your school? Drop it everything. It and read, time? Read, yeah, drop everything and read. Yeah. Uh, That's like a universal experience that nobody talks about.
0: But anyway. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So these books uh, for the were written by uh, Alvin Schwartz. The first uh, book was written in 1981. Uh, And there were two other books. It was uh, more scary stories to tell in the dark. uh, Very cleverly titled. And then the third one was called Scary Stories 3. It went it went the uh, the alien route. Alien, aliens and then alien three yeah <laughs> and
2: to be fair nobody read these books for the story everyone did it for the illustrations like this is the one where it's like dude don't turn to that page that's spooky like you would dare people like oh, i bet you can't like come on read that like it was all about the it was all about the pictures they were just absolutely horrifying uh the lewis who did the uh, illustrations for those books it was the same person for all three right Stephen Gamble, i think is his name yeah, dude. dude
1: fucking amazing, amazing, amazing illustrations. Yeah, beautiful, things. iconic artwork. Um, just, you know, it's like so striking, so uh like immediately kind of terrifying. Uh I wanna I wanna see tattoos
2: of these illustrations. There
0: no, yeah. I mean, ton. there were, we we saw uh what was it? We watched the Scary Stories documentary, which we'll also talk about later on, where a lot of people uh they do, and people who make uh their living uh off of making art. Uh, out of scary stories uh, creature designs and stuff like that but anyway so when this movie was first uh, acquired for film rights CBS Films the production company for this film they had acquired the film rights uh, to the book series and was and it was set to be written by Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan who had previously written Saws 4 through 7 Marcus Dunstan checks in i had to i had to they bought the rights to the book with those two set to write and they eventually did end up writing uh the finished product along with guillermo del toro and in january 2016 guillermo del toro was announced to write and produce and at that point was rumored to possibly be on board for directing yet but that was still like not locked in yet it was back that was around the time when guillermo del toro being attached to something was almost a kiss of death like it almost meant that it did not. It was not going to happen. Yeah. Silent
1: Hill press conference set for tomorrow as of recording. So I need you to, to keep that energy out of here. We need we need more Silent Hill content. I, I am it's convinced not
2: happening. And even if it does, it's not going to have Kojima. Who cares?
1: It's I'm not saying Silent Hills is happening, but I just need that franchise. You to said come Silent back. Hill
2: and, and Del Toro. That equals Silent Hills. I'm sorry. It's that's all I think of. Yeah. And it, it's a forever disappointment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're
0: right. Well, is Guillermo Del Toro attached to whatever this new Silent Hill is going to be? No. No. I
1: heard, yeah, I heard I heard like a slight rumbling, but I don't. I don't dude, think it's like actually like a thing.
2: Lewis, you're gonna get on there all hyped, and they're gonna announce a Silent Hill pachinko machine. I know it's
1: gonna, gonna be a fucking slot a, machine. It's a, a slot machine,
0: yeah, because that's all Konami makes. It's gonna be a Silent Hill toys to life game. <laughs> oh my god! <gosh.
1: laughs> they don't make those anymore. Thank
0: Silent god. Hill Landers. <laughs> uh so in and then uh, in december of 2017 it was then announced that uh andre overdal would be uh the director of the film he had previously directed the autopsy of jane doe and troll hunter um again how do you feel about i feel like it's almost unanimous that like yes obviously this would have been a better movie if guillermo del toro directed it of course it would have. but i think that he he does a he doesn't view an a, enough of like a a good atmosphere and a good horror uh, horror person auteur, director to take hold of especially a lot of like the the signature scenes. I think that he does a pretty good job. How do you feel about
1: his direction, Lewis? I feel like he like wasn't quite ready for this one. Um, I, I I think he has like a good handle. I think on the horror genre, but like this could have shined like more. I think would have become like a movie people still think about if he really leaned into the aspect of it being, um, for children, not in that, like he needed to tone down any of the scares, but just that, like he could have done more to kind of, uh, lean into like the whimsical aspects of the, of the story and keep things a little bit, uh, uh, a little bit like, like lighter and, and almost like more hocus pocusy, uh, in, in tone uh, uh at times why, why I'm, I'm, want it? I'm not saying it needs to, to be you know like this a movie, pumpkin movie would be spice better movie, but it
2: this movie, this movie would be better if it was more like this horrible
1: movie <laughs> first of all hocus what? pocus is good
0: okay I think, I think maybe like maybe labyrinth or like some jim henson there you character. go sure.
1: there's what i'm sure fine of. There labyrinth jim henson i'm i'm again i'm not saying i i want them to 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 tone it down i'm just saying they could embrace like the kind of coming of age stuff a little bit more than i think they really did
0: yeah i think i know what you're saying i think you're saying because like it would have made it stand out more as opposed to now being like a pg-13 like teen horror movie it just kind of Fits into the mold, like it just kind of gets lost in the shuffle of all of the endless PG 13 horror movies that are out there that play themselves very straight. Uh, I think Anthony described this as a this is you're getting an over the hands job, uh, in the theater. No, no, yeah, no, this is this is the movie you take a date to in high school and you get an over the
2: pants hand job, (laughs) and the whole time you're just thinking about, are we gonna go all the way? Like, you're not watching the movie, you're just like watching your date,
1: you know, that checks out.
0: Yeah. You're playing mental gymnastics, 5D chess in your head of like, all right, how's this going to play? And then, like I said, it ends with a satisfying
2: over the pants hand job.
1: <laughs> and <a laughs> that's going to be the poll question. When a was the last time you had have an old, o- that
2: was, that going to be the poll question. When's the last time you had an over the pants hand job? <laughs>
1: <laughs> or,
0: or maybe, maybe it was oh, not anyway, if one. anyone, if anyone wants to share, I get send
1: it over. I guess it Yeah. Get, oh, send, hell you yeah. Feel comfortable enough. The HJ is very underrated it's a cornerstone of adolescence really
2: it really is everybody's gone through it and nobody talks about it
1: (laughs) Uh oh
0: so yeah like we said this movie is directed by andre overdahl and is starring zoe colletti michael garza gabriel rush natalie gazhorn austin abrams austin zazure kathleen pollard and the man himself Mm. dean norris (laughs) sex gifts (laughs) rest in peace tarambe (laughs) Hank! Hank! God. it is you know what is it was very uh disheartening <laughs> to be seeing dean norris in the movie because because of having seen book of henry with lewis there was a part of me i'm like please don't let him be a child molester in this movie like i don't i can't have that happen again dude the fact that breaking
2: bad is so synonymous it just ruined every actor in that movie in the, in that show, like, I can't take them seriously in anything. I there can't see like, Norris in anything. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito. I, I can't take any of them seriously. I'm just gonna be like, look, it's Hank.
1: There was like, <laughs> like four I grew- months where it seemed like like after Breaking Bad ended where it seemed like Brian Cranston was going to have like a really good prestigious career in film. Yeah, I think uh, we
0: talked about that when, god, when we did the Godzilla episode because... Oh we yeah, oh about my god, has, this is what
1: happens when you invite me back on the show. I have like four things to talk about.
2: <laughs> well, good thing you brought up Godzilla. Make that five things to talk about. yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll
1: work regrets into here somehow.
0: Uh, and, and and wrestling. Uh, <laughs> and Manos, the hands of fate. Uh, anyway, uh, so uh, the movie was released on October 9th of 2019 and what and doing all of the research that I did for this uh for this episode really was just listening back to old random movie roulette episodes that we uh, had done episodes about scary stories to tell in the dark we did we did a review of the movie uh we did some coverage uh on like the trailers beforehand we did we reviewed the scary stories documentary <laughs> and most importantly Lewis got to meet guillermo del toro at a a press conference or uh or some sort of marketing event uh i want you to tell us about that like tell us that experience uh of you going to
1: that scary stories event yeah it's it's so weird going back we like we like covered this movie like like pretty extensively when it was coming out on on rmr so and and this, this was all like information i was like oh like i am never gonna use any of this ever again the movie's out and it was fine and like no one cares but wow i'm i'm talking about it again um uh, yeah and
0: that, yeah that's and that, uh, is also kind of the only real reason why i would do an episode on this movie because the marketing on its own like what's out there it's it's not that much but i think that this was like such a unique experience for us that like i think it it warrants it (laughs) that's fair
1: yeah i i think we kind of had the case of a studio like unsure of what to do with the movie it's a movie that like occupies a place between two like age groups so they were probably a little confused as to how to market it so uh, i think they picked up on the idea of like all of these uh, horror fans that that have a lot of nostalgia for the books and so uh, they started reaching out to small podcasts to talk about horror movies Um, and so one day I got an email in the random movie roulette inbox uh, asking us to attend a press junket uh, for the film uh, at a at like a hotel in, in New York and I hadn't been there before I think it's the Roxy it's called if I'm not mistaken um, the Roxy yeah classic hotel um they have like a screening room in the basement where they held the event and uh so yeah it was like good during work i was at my my previous yeah job. i was i was supposed to go but it was like
0: during the daytime and i was like i remember the day that he texted me. Were you, were you me. working at IPIC at the time? I was working at IPIC at the time. It was I, I was working in, in the daytime uh, and Lewis said like, oh, there's this event thing for Scary Stories. Are you going to come? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll be there. And then he texts me. It's like noon on like a Tuesday and he's like, all right, uh, when are you coming over? I'm like, Shit, I'm at work. I, I thought it was at night. I didn't know. I I'm sorry. I have just called out if I knew Del Toro was going to be there. I was like, the suck. <laughs> I don't, I don't, know, if, just I don't even like, know if
1: we knew that Del Toro was going to be there. I I don't remember having that information. I remember being very excited that he was and... <laughs> you uh,
2: walked in and you saw a big
0: rotund man. <laughs> hey. <laughs> you don't know, we don't fat shame anyone on I'm this fat show. Shaming. He's shaming him.
1: No, man. Uh, so we... Well, I alone, because Mike bailed, uh, I, I went to the, uh, hotel. We got like led down into the basement of the hotel and they had a uh, big ups of all of Stephen Gamble's art from the books oh,
2: cool. just on
1: easels and like, um, like this, like red lighting and, and stuff. And I was like, I remember, I was like, this is like so much for a movie like this, uh, and I I was really surprised because like Mike we we did like a lot of stuff for RMR like a lot of press stuff not many of them uh went all out like yeah. that other than the cats uh, screening where they
0: like threw us a fucking cats party
1: yeah but for the most part we were lucky if like we got like free popcorn at a screening like that was like a a big windfall um. <laughs> So Very I for, for this, which was not even a screening, it was just a press junket um, of maybe about like 30 critics and like other podcasters. Of course, the suckling himself, Michael Gingold, was there.
0: Wow, yeah. he is at every single event that I go to yeah. in the city. Every single horror. He was at the the WNUF screening last week. He was at uh. What else is there? He's he was of course it, at at the Alamo during like when he showed the suckling. Obviously, he was he's he's he was at a lot of those. He, it's, it's, he uh, was it's at the Alamo is, when
1: is, I saw Piggy. They were serving us <laughs> alcohol at a certain point. Um. So uh. Like this is before like we actually like got to like the presentation. They just had everyone like mingling. Um, I don't I'm not good at mingling um, I, and I like notoriously like don't like other film critics so it's like not something I'm like particularly interested in doing but I had a couple of like small uh, cocktails in me and I uh, eventually approached the suckling um michael Gingold. Um, i approached the suckling. i approached the suckling
0: a suck- suckling is is more of a harrowing character design than any of us uh, St- uh, alvin
1: schwartz characters in, s- in the scary stories universe did he suckle you he didn't he didn't but he he was very he was very nice when i approached him and said hey i know this is weird but you were in the suckling, right you're you were the suckling and he said and he laughed and said, yeah and I was like, I know this is bizarre, but you you're like you're that movie is like weirdly important to like a group like my group of friends we we really we really like that movie. he was like oh that's that's really nice, I guess and then uh he like pretended to go talk to someone else Uh, so I creeped out Michael Gingold by asking him about the suckling and telling him how important the suckling was to me Um, I I also met other nice people who uh, were more receptive to my offbeat (laughs) vibes that's so funny, dude. <laughs> you <laughs> creeped him out. I creeped out Michael gingold I'm pretty sure. I maybe dude, I, I maybe I misconstrued that situation, but uh that is I, how I remember it.
2: When I saw Book of Mormon, I went to the lead actor and I caught him outside and I said, "Dude, I loved you in Toy Story the Musical." And he looked at me and went, "You saw that?" And then he just like turned and walked away. <laughs> 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 it's 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 a, it's a cruise musical.
0: Cruzical, cruisical. cruisical oh uh, gosh but yeah but anyway did you talk to guillermo del toro
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so we we got led into the the theater uh where they showed us a couple of like unfinished clips from the film like the cgi wasn't done uh the one that i specifically remember was the red spot uh segment um which looked great even then, although it, it, I, I think it definitely does look better now. They definitely cleaned up some of those spiders. Um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, Gamble Del Toro came out on stage with the director and they just talked a little bit about uh, their creative process and like their love for these these stories and, and the artwork. And uh, it was it was cool, but it was like also like a little weird because we're like, we're not actually going to see this movie for another month and a half or something like that so we, we were like a little confused like why we we're there and i think everyone kind of had like a slight expectation that they were just going to show us the movie despite not saying so uh, no, it just, wasn't a press screening it was more just a press preview it was a it was a press preview but it was it was so close to the release of the film it was like I think like two months away, we thought like, Oh, maybe they will just show us the movie. Um, but apparently it wasn't even close to being done yet. So that was, that was silly. Um, yeah. Uh, but, uh, it, it was very cool. And then, uh, we went back out into the area where we uh, we were mingling and, uh, Guillermo del Toro, uh, was just sitting and, and holding court for a bit. And then people like just got in line to, to talk to him. Um, Andre Overdahl. um, you know, had people chatting him up, but seemed a little less in demand, So I went and chatted with him first and he was just a very kind guy and, and was really, you know, receptive to, to my questions and, uh, you know, uh, seemed, seemed just uncomfortable with the whole situation. Like you can tell he, he was really uncomfortable, but he was, he was really great. Um, and then I was like, do I, 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 I really struggled with getting online to, to meet Guillermo del Toro because like I, I just felt weird about it for some reason. I don't know. I just the anxiety of it. He's like my hero. Like I, I love his movies so much. Um, and but I, I eventually did. Um, and then I'm the last person in line. The person ahead of me goes. And then afterwards, someone tries to like usher him out and and he was like oh no no there's still someone and he he waves me over and he like pats the seat and i go and i i I sit down and i it's all a blur uh i i remember
2: that's is that when you gave him your bottle of coke and he walked he drank it in one sip turned around and went hey kid (laughs) throw you your shirt goes catch.
1: No no, 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 no. We're 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 gonna make out at the end of the story. Um you, you misunderstood <laughs> I, was say,
0: I was gonna say when when uh when he said oh wait there's still one more left and then you said that he like sla- he he sla- slapped his thigh there and he, <laughs> you know you sat on his lap and told, like, him, what you want, cool and told him what you want for Christmas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I told him uh Pan's a, like, Labyrinth was figure. like the first uh foreign film I had ever seen and he was like uh, what other foreign films have you seen since? And suddenly, I forgot every movie I'd ever seen ever. And I was like, and was I, only- I recognized it immediately. And I just like plowed right through. And then I asked him like one more question. And then I was like, thank you so much. Um. Uh. And and then I I like shook his hand and then I left and then I told him he was my hero and he said thank you. Uh. And and you didn't even think to ask him for a picture. No, I I, I did think to ask him. I don't want a picture with him. I don't I don't take a picture with anyone. Um. Mm. I, that's just not a thing I really do i'm the opposite i'm like I'm, I'm i'm gonna try to get a picture with you
0: especially
1: if it's like yeah you're right you're reading your hero like yeah my hero like <laughs> my yeah, but God. i still like met him like i, I don't know you 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 yeah. sound you like my wife need, right now who you know has a similar you don't feelings need the about proof.
2: this and if and if he does and if he does ever does something gross you could repost the picture and do what a what's-his-face did in baby driver where he's like don't touch me kevin spacey <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, you know what? At least. Yeah, you, you don't need the photo evidence. You have it in here. That's where it counts. Yeah, I, I remember it
1: pretty, pretty well. It was it was a great day. I was so happy. I I called in sick that day to work. Um, I still talk about it a lot because it, it was a big deal for me. Um, and then the movie came out and it was fun
2: yeah we're getting doesn't believe lewis they could catch these hands
0: (laughs) yeah yeah, that's 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 the ultimate thing we're building up to is that this this movie that we we covered endlessly for months on end and we went to events it was like okay it's it's (laughs) did. yeah uh we we watched a whole documentary about it uh because we that's another thing we got sent press credentials to review a screener of a documentary called scary stories which was premiered at a a film festival called the frightening ass film festival
2: which i misread he typed it in this doc and i said mike is there really a did you just type the fingering ass film festival (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i want to go to the fingering ass film festival i don't know yeah.
0: Oh. Anyway, so yeah, they, it premiered at the frightening ass <laughs> film festival, which sounds like a thing that we probably would have gotten invites to cover. That sounded like uh, just
1: our just- caliber.
0: Yep. Uh, and then it uh, released digitally uh in summer 2019 like may and and june in some areas um but yeah so we 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 did an episode on that we had Tab from Test Pattern join us to talk about uh the scary stories documentary because she also has a big affinity for the book series and she had a lot of insight and input uh it was i wish that it had more more of a a notice like if we weren't making this episode on such short notice could have probably would have liked to have her on here as well but it's uh it's 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 a rough time it's uh we're we're making uh, we're making things work on the fly um r.i.p to test pattern last last month the test pattern and they, they got enough that they're dealing with this month they don't need to, yeah. she doesn't need to come on our our tidy ass show while she, they're they're trying to they're trying to send a viking funeral off for this this uh, podcast that was a a very important part of our lives <laughs> Anyway,
1: sorry I went on that that long rant. No, I, <laughs> no I I like got caught up in it, and now I'm just thinking about how sad I am that test pattern is ending. I'm I'm like not ready for it. Yeah, they really uh no like like they they made us. <laughs> yeah, they they really did. I I sent them like an email, and I didn't mention RMR because I was like I don't want to like bring up my podcast while talking about like the end of your podcast. But um yeah, I just like ah man I like just literally like a life-changing podcast yeah i i sent them an email um
0: and just talked about like our favorite my favorite moments of like you know uh you know collaborating with them and their stuff on their show uh it's great go listen to test pattern if you haven't if you're if you're on this feed and you want to go go back through the the history of them they uh they inspired us greatly um (laughs) but yeah so we, we we reviewed the scary stories documentary with tab and we said that that that, that the documentary was is was very kind of like fan servicey like it wasn't really like all that insightful or like you know digging deep into like you know the history or like the because there's, there's stuff about it like the the history of its censorship and like that's like a really interesting angle of the movie but like a lot of it is just like people talking about like hey man Scary stories to tell in the dark isn't that just Like the coolest thing ever and I'm like I I think there's more of a story with like you know The the censorship I think maybe more Of the movie should be about that but 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 cool go
1: off man Yeah if (laughs) if the only like prerequisite To be in your documentary is You are a fan of x y Or z thing uh, don't Make the documentary it's Not gonna be good it's not valuable People like thing Is not a fucking story I hate To fucking break it to you
2: that's why people listen to podcasts like this one.
1: Yeah. That's the
2: purpose of this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If the movie could be a podcast, then
1: don't make the movie. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Can you imagine like cinema marketing the movie?
2: Yeah.
1: Every day. Yeah, imagine yeah. it. Every single day. We're making it, baby.
0: Yeah. Uh, so then uh, coming up a little closer to the release of the movie in, in July of 2019 at San Diego Comic-Con, there's a panel for Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. And Guillermo del Toro, he talks on why the movie wasn't an anthology. And it really does feel like it's weird that we have to clarify this so close to the movie's release date. Like the fact that we all thought it would be an anthology this close up to the release date. And then we have to like... Have a clarification as to why not is kind of a bit of a jarring thing. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah it is a little, uh, especially because the books are anthology. You know what I mean? Like it would it would make sense to make this an anthology, but. You know, it's really funny here because we were looking at posters and when you look at overseas posters, there it was never used in the U.S., but there's an overseas poster where it shows like a, the bathroom scene where the spider scene happens. And on the wall, there are individual posters for each quote unquote story that's in the movie.
1: And yeah, I think it looks fucking awesome.
2: Yeah, I, that if they used that marketing
0: here, I think it would have been less jarring to audiences as to what this movie was. No, and I think it's also because all of the poster marketing of the movie, which I, I thought was the most prevalent, like around the time that the movie was released, it highlights all of the, the character designs, the scarecrow, the the pale lady, the jangly man. Like they each have individual posters of them like they didn't really show off the human cast at all, like in Many of the any of the marketing and even some of the trailers, it's like they they're in there, but it almost doesn't make it seem like they could be main characters. Like it feels like these could be individual characters, part of like whatever segment this is. Yeah, like like they didn't make it. Like there's one trailer later on that we watched that just shows the whole movie kind of gives critically. away
2: the plot. Yeah,
0: but yeah, we can we can talk about that when we when we talk about the trailer. And I'm gonna put that trailer, uh, the very spoilery trailer uh, right here. What's that?
2: It's your book of scary stories.
1: Some people believe if we repeat stories often enough, they become real. They make us who we are.
2: That can be scary.
0: It,
1: Harold,
2: do you want to see haunted house?
1: Some kids went missing, so they boarded it up. Okay, we saw it. Should we go now? Who ordered the chicken?
2: What's that? It's a book of scary stories.
1: Tell me a story. Hey, what's going on?
2: Tommy's missing.
1: Tommy's name was in the book. There's no way it's actually connected, right? Okay, what if what happens in the book is exactly what's happened for real? Oh my god.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Stella! Listen, you're in the next story. We're reading it right here.
2: It's a corpse looking for her missing toe.
0: I'm afraid
1: that
2: we woke something
1: up. You shouldn't have taken the book.
2: We've got to stop it.
0: Sarah Bellows' book, where the stories write themselves and it all comes alive. The jangling Man is coming. Yeah, so this so this trailer, we were shocked at how much it just goes through the movie chronologically beat for beat. It gives away everything. And I'm like, I hope that this was like at least because there was another teaser trailer that made it seem a little more ominous. I feel like I hope that was the one that played more than the one that shows the whole movie. Cause I gotta tell you, just based on my memory of being in 2019 when this movie was coming out, I don't think I ever saw a trailer for this movie like in theaters
2: yeah no i didn't know this movie was coming out i think i saw a thing on the internet about it and i was like oh that's cool yeah i remember it. when it was like announced i was like oh del toro's attached and it's based off this book i read as a kid i'll probably end up seeing that and then i never did until to uh, last week
1: yeah i don't remember it being marketed a lot i i know I, I, I was like very invested in it so like i definitely like noticed it more than i would notice other movies um but i uh I don't remember it having like too heavy of a push. Uh, it, it did kind of seem like a, a big underdog thing as it was coming out. Like I don't think anyone was really expecting anything from it. The studio I wouldn't really say got behind it um, or anything like that. Yeah, especially also
0: because as a, a horror movie that takes place on Halloween and the movie is released in like the dead of August. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. Such stupid. Think, well, then again,
2: timing. we mentioned it's a horror movie that takes place after Halloween halloween's the
0: first day in the movie and then the rest of it is all november yeah that's also the weird thing is that the whole movie just does, doesn't take place on the night of halloween like the the opening the, the inciting incident happens on halloween but then the rest of the movie is after that which is like, <laughs> like when yeah. the
1: movie is most fun
0: but also i gotta say that i think that i'm just remembering of like things that were being released at that same time i remember it chapter two came out around that same time but it chapter two that came out in like early September, they very easily could have placed this somewhere in October. Like it would have already made its money and it wouldn't have been too much competition for and it. This is
1: way better than it chapter two. It's
2: do not they, even do close. F- do they feel like audiences would be hard out? Because here's the thing. I don't know. I'm not a marketing guy, not a movie marketing guy. As much as we pretend. To as be. much as we pretend to be, I don't know shit, but, um, you know, think about it. Uh, you know, one, when you look at one, maybe two big horror movies come out a year and they're always far apart from one another. I think audiences can only take so much horror at once. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't really know. If I, that's... By releasing it hand in hand with it, you know, around the same time, they would have to choose one of the other. Like, I'm only seeing one horror movie. I got to pick one. But if you put it after it part two then they're like i just saw it i don't want to see another horror movie in
0: theaters yeah, especially it, soon yeah, especially because it fucking sucked and anyone who sees that are like oh this looks because it, it does have that kind of it's even liked it part two not general, general no no that it one was very well liked it too not very not oh, at yeah. really oh
1: yeah i i remember that incorrectly loathed chapter two but i love i think it won
2: but i I think my point stands here. I think that I think it kind of makes sense, right? You're oversaturating the horror market. Yeah.
0: I, I think it would have been especially because this is a very similar type of horror movie to that. It's very kind of Stephen King, like kids on bikes, discovering a scary thing in the town. Yes. Like, that's kind of a very similar type of horror movie. Like, it's not like, like a twin movies type deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah. I, uh, but yeah, let me also look. See, so in October of 2019, what I'm going to look at the, oh, you're at the you look at the IMDb charts right Oh, Joker joker was the they didn't want to compete yeah. that no i take but then again they <laughs> said they didn't want to compete yeah. with joker but that is not even really like a horror movie it's not though. about horror it's just, it's just about money yeah. why would you compete with joker and maleficent 2 mistress of evil nobody came out sure. but that's also, also other kid-friendly type of adjacent horror movie stuff the adams family animated movie came out at that time God, what a disappointment that was yeah that would have been a more yeah i guess in 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 you know, release, you know, that's a movie you release in October. At least they were smart and released that in October, and it's a kids' movie, so it's like that has its own like market. Like, you yeah, know, to yeah, there's not whatever. much of a crossover. Zombieland 2 Double Tap, that's uh, not a horror, it's zombies, it's Halloweeny, it's funny yeah uh but also maleficent 2 mistress of evil and the only it's male other, 50 the second cent.
2: time you like that's the second time you reference this movie in 30 seconds is it worth watching no, no. is it good but what i wanted
0: to mention about that movie is that it has something in common related to this movie is because in the first trailer for maleficent 2 mistress of evil is a sad slow cover of season of the witch and lana del rey did a Sad slow cover of season of the witch for this movie. opening the one in Maleficent. And, 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 I don't know. It was a. It was one of those like trailer. Uh, those trailer covers. Like oh, not by so an artist. artist. Yeah, Just <laughs> by a, a company.
1: Yeah. yeah. Have you explained yeah, you know, your lot- hatred of sad slow covers of songs and trailers? I think
0: I've gone over it many a time. It's, it's the worst. It started with the social network. It was the only time it worked. Every other time, it's just like, I think a cure for wellness is the worst one. I I did a I like whole fucking one. classroom presentation that Lewis was in that class about why sad slow covers and trailers don't work, and I use that as like my prime example.
1: <laughs> Lewis,
0: you know the, you know
1: the, of course, uh, you do oh, know that. I one. know. I, I Again, I got a whole fucking presentation on it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> you got a whole lecture from me about why the Cure for Wellness trailer I was bad. For listeners who don't know, I I'm not even it. gonna. Listeners, I'm not even gonna spoil it for you. Just go on YouTube and look up the Cure for Wellness trailer. Yeah, so, so like, just like, I think that's the thing with all of these sad slow covers and trailers It's just like you're just listening to it, and then like the minute that your mind connects the dots of what the song that they're doing is, you're like, oh fuck, come on
2: now. Yeah, it's 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 really really bad. Yeah.
0: Uh, Lana Del Rey covers season of the witch. I think it's uh, it's spooky it's fine. and it's, it's it's done during the credits. It's spooky it's, and mystical and it fits the tone of the movie. Uh it, it's, it's whatever.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's just like Lana all Lana Del Rey's other music. It's whatever. It's fine like
1: I think it kind of blows.
2: She's kind of mid. Must be the season of season of the
0: witch. must be the season of the witch. all right so since this is our our halloweeny spooky episode <laughs> we're going to take a a little spooky break uh and i'm going to play some classic halloween commercials uh, from our youth that are halloween themed yeah, that cool. we all remember and then we'll come back we'll talk general discussion about the movie as a whole and then into all of the other things about the movie the critics reviews and the box office and all of that fun stuff don't go bats stretch out those bones and we'll meet you right back here
1: time to go down to the
0: basement for some more hauntingly delicious Count cereal. don't look in the basement those eyes are looking at me. Hmm, think I'll get some fruity frankenberry from the cupboard. Don't look in the cupboard. Oh, oh those eyes, they move. Now the spooky, delicious part of your complete breakfast is even spookier. Now Chocula's eyes really move. So did Frankenberries. He is looking at you, kids. <laughs>
1: It was late one night
0: in the castle of the Chicken McNuggets. What are you making? Sauce. We're using my mummy's recipe. Mummy? uh oh, oh. This better be good. It'll be great. Hmm, does your daddy have a recipe? <laughs> now you can get McDonald's Happy Meal pails for... Halloween! There's a pumpkin pail, Boo! a witch, <gasps> and a goat... Boo! that glows in the dark. You can get a different one each week until...
1: Halloween! Ooh celebrate the spookiest of holidays
0: It's the Great Pumpkin, oh good grief. With a Peanuts classic. Then, The Fat Cats on the prowl. Give me. It's the Emmy winning Garfield's Halloween Adventure. Friday. And
1: we've risen back from the dead to talk about scary stories to tell in the dark. Hey, I have just just some news I want to announce. Um, are you pregnant Halloween ends features 10 minutes and 55 seconds uh, of Michael Myers uh, How which much is, is the original considerably more than Halloween 1978 in which he had nine minutes and 37 seconds oh my god so uh damning argument re- that there's not yeah. enough Michael Myers did you in like Halloween that movie ends. Lewis what did you like Halloween ends yeah, I liked it. I'm not like like over the moon
2: about it, but I thought it was good. I liked it. How... Jamie Lee Curtis any good in these. Movies? She's good in the first yeah, one good. a lot. Uh, This one, the first Rob Zombie one.
0: No, no, no. She's not no? in the, no, the Rob she... Zombie one. But you say the first one, you mean like the original, the, well, original, the OG. I mean, in the first tw- in the 2018 first of this new trilogy. OK, got it, got it, got it, got, yeah. got it. Yeah, she's really good in that one and kills. She's like bare. She she's in that movie less than Michael Myers is in Season of the Witch yeah that's true wow. yeah uh and then and then, in this one, it's like there's stuff, but it's like some of the I don't know, there's just a lot of like stupid moments with her character, and like, I don't know, it just feels like the biggest problem with the movie is that, like. They clearly it's it's clear Hobbit movie trilogy concerns where it's like they did not have enough material for three movies.
2: My, my the funniest part about Jamie Lee Curtis is, do you know, she was in a uh, legal battle for a while because of active Activia yogurt that she advertised because it doesn't actually make you poop like it says it does. <laughs> they <laughs> lied about like the probiotics in it, in our
0: Jamie Lee Curtis is in the center of a fucking lawsuit about yogurt that makes you poop. So we've we've talked a, a little bit about uh like overall what we thought of the movie, but let's go talk a little bit more about scary stories to tell in the dark uh as a movie as a whole. So I think that the biggest problem with the movie is that it doesn't start for about 30 minutes.
2: Yeah, man. Listen, like the beginning is so slow. I turned to Mike 45 minutes in because it, it does all the horror movie tropes and introduces you to all these characters that are just stereotypes. And I turned to Mike and said, what are you showing me? Oh, come on. what are you
0: showing me? <laughs> it's like, this sucks. What is this? I mean, I, I was a little bit. I remember liking the movie when I first saw it, but then we were watching it again. And I was just sitting there. I was like, wow, they really it really takes a long time for anything to, to start. Like the like at the beginning of the movie is like we're introduced to all the kids in the town on Halloween And then like they're being chased by bullies and then they go to the haunted mansion and then they find the book and then all the scary stories start coming to life after that. That takes about 45 minutes. Yeah, it really didn't need to. And it's not even like like you said, like not even like these characters have like such like great characterization that like we needed that in order to to understand like what they're going through we need that and when
2: they also go and kill them off in the next 20 minutes like what was the point they're dead
0: now yeah like the the main girl has like a thing with her dad dean norris and like how her mom left and they're sad about it yeah it's it's like it's not it's it's like an all right moment between the two of them at the end when they're like on the phone with each other like talking about what they've been through but like it's not like I, it's not like I desperately needed to keep that in order for the,
2: tra- <laughs> the main character doesn't need trauma. There's literally a book that is trying to
0: kill her. We don't need trauma in this movie. Yeah, I it's think got enough. I think we've gotten a little trauma out in our horror movies. Like every horror movie has to be about that now. And it's like, I get it. That's like what the genre is basically. But like. We don't need to sit here to spell it out all out. Yeah. Sometimes there's just a a spooky guy chasing you. Can we like, can we be more like
2: WNUF? Can we just make it about television? That's <laughs> all we're doing. Our all our horror movies are about
0: television now. <laughs> that's it. No more trauma. No more just I, I think every every movie should just be uh, a commercial compilation. That's all we watch. <laughs> like just make a, a, a an hour and a half long Nickelodeon commercial block from two thousand two. We'll be happy. Let's screen it at the Alamo. Yeah, so. <laughs>
2: We are consumer whores. Jesus Christ almighty. But once we
0: do, yeah, but once we do get into the scary stories, the iconic characters that we, uh, you know, read about in the books and seeing them come to life. The first one is a little bit of a disappointment. Harold, the scarecrow, like we said, it's a little bit like his design doesn't really accurately reflect like what he looked like in the book. And, it's a very kind of jump scary where it's like he's chasing around like this uh, bully in the cornfield. I would say brutal death, though, like like pretty gnarly. What happens to that kid, though? Yeah, the the straw. Oh, oh, yeah. most that
2: was the moment when I turned to you and I went, OK, now we're getting so this is cool.
1: And it's the only one that like felt like definitive, like uh, of like the friend's deaths, you know, like most of them get like pulled into like darkness and, and stuff like you don't like see them like die so much.
2: Yeah, I was surprised by like the, how gruesome
0: that death was.
1: Yeah, that that one, like they 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 showed like him like suffocating to death. Like it was pretty rough. Yeah,
0: like the the straws like breaking out of his like skin. Yeah, and, like, it was yeah really like, we cool, have like his yeah.
1: fingernails. It was pretty. It was pretty pretty
0: hardcore. Like I'd Like I think that that's also the other thing where it's like if these, but then again, if these were anthologies, it's like what is everyone just gonna end with? And then they died. Like, I think that they maybe thought, like, we need to have there more than more needs to happen in the
1: story other than just we lead up to they died.
0: Ugh. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Yeah. I'll I'll be honest in, in saying that, you know, the big thing that we probably should acknowledge is that, like, there is no reason for this movie. This isn't like a property that, like, really calls for a movie adaptation. I, I understand. Exactly. The, the urge to do it i i'm not all like i'm not even really upset by it but um like this is okay and it's because it's doing the best with what it's given and what it's given is an anthology horror series with not much binding it together that is aimed towards children yeah you know, what i was gonna
2: way- say i feel like the real kiss of death is that the book is made for children you know you gotta realize that you're like okay do are we keeping the same market are we switching to um? The, are we are gonna make it more gr- more gruesome and you know try to market the nostalgia to the people who grew up reading this
0: book because the book's still published you yeah, can still yeah. get it because like you know yeah like kids still read these like, yeah but like current day like like children like eight-year-olds like are not going to be allowed like you're not going to be able to take them to see this movie
2: saying like when they were when they were making it not now not with the finished product when they were making it i imagine that was something they had to grapple with who is our
0: audience that was probably the number one question first question who are we making this movie for you know what else is weird is that the title of the movie the, the title of the book is scary stories to tell in the dark because they're books they're stories that you would tell in the dark with the movie it's like I, like i'm not telling these stories like it, it should have been like scary movies to watch in the dark or no something. i mean
2: like they had to they had to make it the same title as the book you need yeah, some yeah. kind of brand awareness yeah
0: because <laughs> these are yeah like again you're not telling
2: you're not you're not there's, I legit, there's no, yeah like I'll admit i legit thought the movie was going to be very simple i thought it was going to be like an episode of are you afraid of the dark where it's literally just going to be an anthology type movie of people just sitting around a campfire and telling each other stories and then something maybe happens in the real world that fucks with them you know what i'm talking about i thought it was one of those deals
0: far from it yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah no and then and then uh we move on to the next one with the big toe now this one i didn't really remember this one that fondly when i first saw it but watching it again i was like wow this one was really like kind of Creepy and gross, and like the design. I I, I never really took took note of like how the design of like that that creepy woman uh, looking for the toe. That is that is the image I get in my head
2: when I think of the book. I think of the illustration of her, and the toe is a very iconic story for me. I very much remember it. It's right up there with that uh, other book with the girl with the green scarf that holds her head on. Mm. I forgot what it's called, but uh, yes, that is. And they did. I think they did an excellent job with that yeah. one.
1: Yeah, they're not all created equal, but but some of them look really, uh, like really interesting interpretations of the the drunks. And like like Harold, like I guess is like technically like accurate, but like just like the the they didn't make him visually interesting on the screen the yeah. same way that he was on the page. I I'm just gonna come out and say now that I think the strongest
2: point of this movie overall is the character designs. I think the character designs in certain scenes, the shots are really nice. The color is really nice in certain scenes. Uh, Visually, I think this movie is just excellent.
0: Yeah, I think also especially because they're using like, you know, mostly CG to uh, recreate these characters. And you you think that that means just like, oh, God, they're just going to look horrible. But they do keep like that that very kind of like fleshy, like tone look to them like they look like like especially like the paley like that looks like it could have been a puppet like that looks like a like a weird jim henson-y type Uh, of thing and it doesn't yeah the the jangly man i think starts to look a little too much cgi i think that's just
2: because of the character you know with the pieces of the body that could fall off and like reform and shit i think that's you know he's inherently a more cartoony character i think
0: but yeah, I think, and also, I think, I think we 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 got to talk about the elephant in the room, which is uh, this movie's uh, the 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 allegory, the Vietnam uh, parallels of the movie. It's, it's useless. I don't know why they did
2: that. I don't like. I get why they had to set it in a time where cell phones didn't exist to avoid loopholes. Like I get that. Why specifically? And and also, I feel like they also had to do it to make some kind of conflict for the for the main guy character because he's a draft dodging minority. So it's like they had to, like, make some kind of conflict for him, too, which, again, we don't need this much conflict. It's fine. Just it's a movie about monsters. We don't. That is the conflict. So I don't know. I I, I think it was pretty useless, even though there were a bunch of great jabs at Nixon. I, I really just don't. I don't think I think that's probably the weakest part of the movie, honestly. One of the weaker parts of the movie. Lewis what do you think about the the setting
1: and the uh, parallels this movie makes? Um, I I, don't, I just don't think it really does any of it any favors. Um, I uh, I I appreciate like the the teen drama sweeping romance aspect of like those two characters, one who's like a draft dodger or whatever, and the other who's like stuck at home with her like wreck of a dad and i get it but you're right in that like it doesn't really go, go anywhere it doesn't doesn't seem to pay off they spend like uh too much time on it i think it's the reason why it takes so fucking long for uh the actual movie to get going um i don't i don't think the set the setting really uh does anything to improve or ease any of that um yeah i it, I, I, I i at most i think you could justify it as you said like as uh an excuse for like not having cell phones like more of a convenience thing in story
2: i think yeah like i said convenience there and also more conflict why not yeah. they this movie
0: loves just putting in meaningless conflict yeah i feel like they were trying to connect the dots with that where it's like we're like uh we're sending our children to die and it's like oh that's the where it's like all the monsters are be are going to kill the kids yeah but it's like yeah but where does nixon come into this that's the thing is like why how does that how do the monsters reflect Nixon or the, the Vietnam or anything like that? Um, I think it's like I guess the like the inti- the intrinsic fear of death looming over you, like with the monsters and like, you know, with the, the war. I guess that's that's there. But it's and, and here's another thing. I'm just, just going to refute that there because that would have been a great
2: message if the movie came out in 1968. This movie came out in 2019. The Vietnam War has been
0: over for a long time yeah and there's not really any modern parallels to it either like they don't even draft they don't even try to do like a trump thing which i i appreciate uh but like it doesn't see it feels like yeah like (laughs) why why this time and place did we feel like we needed a a a vietnam allegory the last the last monster is the orange man instead of the jenga. oh god (laughs) now i'm imagining the pale lady but it's just trump just like (laughs) waddling towards you that's scarier than the pale lady yeah honestly (laughs) although i do have to say the pale lady is the best scene in the movie like that is like the the image and like the sequence that has the stuck color. with me the most. Yeah. Cause, and it's, and especially like it runs on that nightmare fuel where, uh, that nightmare logic where you're just like, you're running into a different room and you think you're getting away, but no, it's right there in front of you. And then you turn back and there it is again. And it's just keep waddling towards yeah. you until yeah, you, you can't fucking die. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's, 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 it's a really, really cool scene. Yeah. But, and it's uh, definitely
1: like, I think the, as, as we mentioned, just the best interpretation of Gamble's artwork um oh yeah like by far like it just looks the most like it just jumped off the page
2: yeah the cg looks great in this which is surprising because you know this this is an era for bad cg but yeah like
0: i said i think that the movie is very hit and miss a lot of the time with the cg like i think she looks great i think the the jangly man does look a little bit too cartoony uh a little bit too like you know textureless well i was okay with the jangly man yeah (laughs) um But yeah, and then the movie ends by it sets up a very obvious uh, setup for a sequel where they um, she has a voiceover of like she's like, I know how we can get them all back. So I'm guessing that that is going to be what the second movie is going to be about did
1: the, has, the story of the girl that like they're like investigating the whole time just did that pull you guys in at all did that do anything for you because I, I i found myself completely uninterested in which Sarah which Bellows. one
0: which which story like the uh know? the ghost lady that they were investigating that was put that was like oh yeah
2: i mean i mean i like the message i mean i like how it's like oh she wasn't a bad person she was just you know manipulated whatever you know she has trauma like i i that's a common thing in horror movies like oh the bad guy's not really bad the bad guy has issues
0: wrong because she she was a woman in an age where like you could get thrown into a mental asylum because you had your period
2: (laughs) yeah it's like i I don't know again more conflict for no reason this movie is just in love with meaningless conflict. Yeah.
0: Well, let's see what the conflict that the critics gave it uh on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, this movie is at a 77% certified fresh with 233 reviews with a total of uh 180 are fresh and 53 are rotten and the critics consensus reads like the best-selling series of books that inspired it. Scary stories to tell in the dark opens a creepy gateway into horror for a younger genre enthusiasts yeah that's about right. I, I would say that yeah. i i I don't know if this movie ha- if that young audience, like really, if it really like found that audience yet, like, I don't know, again, I don't really hear a lot of people talking about this movie. We're in October. It's Halloween movie season. I haven't really seen anybody post about this movie. I haven't seen like, and i I think that we might still be at an age where it's like, I think the kids who will like in, in 15 years, we're going to hear about kids who are like, yo, that scary stories to tell in the dark movie that fucked me up as a kid. Like, I think we're, we're, we're still a little bit of a ways away from the scary
1: stories movie appreciation. Yeah. But I, I do believe it will come. I, I, I think people are gonna, gonna look back on it fondly. Younger people than us, people without back problems.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Like, because people who were probably kids when this movie came out and then, like that's gonna become like their new Halloween horror staple.
1: Yeah, yeah, horror. it could be the Hocus Pocus,
0: <laughs> or a good movie. Uh, oh, yeah, or a good movie, <laughs> or the Beetlejuice. Hocus Pocus yeah, why, too. We could have just said, yeah, we could have just said Beetlejuice. Uh, yeah, I like Beetlejuice. Yeah, I like Beetlejuice uh, too. Uh, so on Metacritic, this movie has an uh, a
2: sixty one out of 100. 16 positive, positive, sixteen mixed, and one negative. Best review blessed with some firm hands on the terror terror tiller and a winning cast scary stories to tell in the dark is a handsome and deliciously horrible horror movie says clark collins of entertainment weekly 83 out of 100
0: yeah i mean i guess that's it, that's that sounds about that's fine i guess that's why i had to put a tongue yeah, twister I, in the middle there
2: yeah critics trying to stay on the teller terror ter- thriller is it teller terror tiller Maybe it was thriller. Okay, fun stuff. Anyway, worst review is isn't scary and isn't worth the nearly two hours it eats up. Roger Moore of Movie Nation, twenty-five out of hundred. I mean, I, I mean,
1: guess that's fair. I I think they're both.
2: I like how fair. concise. The, I like how concise the review is. Yeah,
0: I mean, very straightforward. None of them really feel like they're like digging deep into like what 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 really is this movie. Like they're just kind. of That's why we're here. No, yeah, it's just like I think. Yeah, they're just kind of very straightforward. I feel like a lot of critics like especially older critics who had to review this like probably didn't really give it the time of day they were just like eh, it's a kid's horror movie who cares like they probably didn't really have much of a, yeah. a connection to the series which i'm not saying that you have to it's not really a requirement but it does feel like i guess it's just like yeah i guess the thing where it's like oh this is a kid's horror movie uh, and i could just kind of really just get away with saying like yeah whatever <laughs> yeah exactly exactly uh, the movie on its opening weekend uh, opened at number two on its opening weekend with $20 million. Uh, the number one movie that week was Hobbs and Shaw, which was in its second week. Based. No.
1: <laughs> Asshole Cinema is the Fast and Furious series. Come yeah. on. Uh, it's
2: like a few of the Fast and Furious movies. Come
1: on. It's like if tribal tattoos were movies. Like yeah. I, I, <laughs> I can't take it that seriously.
0: Paul Walker yeah well, after paul walker died is when you should have just stopped watching the movies <laughs> jesus uh, uh the other new releases that came out that month number four was dora and the lost city of gold that, movie, fucks. No. that
1: movie rules
0: we that got the movie is bananas we gotta we gotta i think we gotta do this movie i i think that
1: i'm down i would watch i would do the Dora the explorer movie that movie's so that good <laughs> i wouldn't expect you to say that I fucking loved it. I prefer it to Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm out here. What up? <laughs> fucking come get me.
0: Number six was a movie called The Art of Racing in the Rain, which is like based on like some bestseller about a dog. The who- only thing I remember is
2: that movie had posters on taxi cabs right before COVID hit. And then COVID hit and they didn't change them. Literally, I was seeing ads for the art of racing in the rain in the city until 2021 to like mid 2021. It was
0: weird. And I still had no idea what it was. So it's, it's a movie about a dog and he's in a car. That's all I know. It's a poster movie. Yeah, <laughs> it goes on the poster movie list. Yeah, it goes right to the poster movie list. And then number seven was The Kitchen. What is that? This is a. This was a movie. It was like a like a thriller. And it had like Kate. It had uh, what's her name? Kate Moss. No, not Kate Moss, Elizabeth Moss and Melissa McCarthy, and it was another woman. And it yeah, it was a pretty it was pretty not well reviewed, not well liked. Didn't make much money. First, yeah, opening weekend seven million dollars. Kind of a bomb. Uh, anyway. The scary stories to tell in the dark, its budget was around twenty-five million dollars, and its total domestic gross was sixty-eight million dollars, and total worldwide made hundred and four million dollars. Twenty five million seems a little low for this movie. Mm. No, I think that I I think that they they did a good job at like you know budgeting to scale. Like they didn't over inflate like the budget. They they spent so, there's widely... not a
2: lot of big name stars in it. The biggest name the only name I knew was Dean Norris. Yeah. Like there's not a lot of
0: big names in this movie. Yeah, I think they could, you know, allocate the money and spend it wisely where they needed it to. And I think they spent it mostly on the CG. Yeah. Which is yeah good. Uh, the movie was released on Blu-ray and 4K. K. Uh, I would not 15. want
1: to watch this in 4K. Yeah,
0: it might. Well, I, I don't pay
2: 20 something dollars for Netflix a month. So we uh, watched it in 1080p and it looked fine. Same. Yeah, I think. There was a lot of artifacting on the blacks,
0: but yeah. you know
2: what? The the black level on uh Netflix isn't good. So yeah.
0: I think that the yeah, if if this movie was in four K, if it really illuminated all of the scenes, it would really kind of take away from the atmosphere and also it might make the, the CGI look a lot worse. That's a good
2: point.
1: Yeah, definitely the uh, CGI.
0: Yeah, we gotta watch this as God
2: intended four eighty p four by
0: three. Uh
1: on there an was iPod.
0: There was a Best Buy with four, one headphone. There's a 4K uh, steelbook release uh, for Best Buy. What's on the steelbook? It's just the steelbook. It's a oh, like what's the design? Yeah, um, I don't know. Let me look it up. Does it have Harold on it? It would be cool if they made it look like an actual book. That's
2: what they should have done. They should have done like a release that has the book with it. Wouldn't that be cool? Yep. Like. Like I have a record, like I have a Joanna Newsom record where it's yeast and it's made to look like a storybook, like the lyrics. It's a gatefold and the lyrics are like laid out like a storybook. It looks fucking awesome. It's one of the best records I have that should they should do something similar with stuff like this. Things that are based off of books like this, like anthologies, things that are easy to pick up and read. What's stopping them from making a Blu-ray case? That's also a book.
0: Yeah, I think they 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 kind of made it look like an art, uh, an illustrated oh, design.
2: No, that's very nice. That almost looks like, uh, what does that look like? looks similar to sorry you can't see similar to bram stoker's dracula poster honestly maybe it's just the screaming face in the middle but it just just reminds me of that for some reason the font in the face
0: anyway yeah this is not very good uh visual uh content anyway so yeah so then so yeah so the movie is currently streaming to watch on netflix and uh if you also if you're interested the scary stories documentary is on tubi so that's there. All the fun. keynotes on Tubi. Yeah, all my homies love Tubi. It's the it's the best streaming service. Nowhere else are you gonna find Slime City. Yeah, yeah. Or or the none that wouldn't die. <laughs> <laughs> the none that wouldn't die. Oh god. I, no, I don't remember the whole title. Yeah, I know. Why well, would I remember the title? The bus of my that my wouldn't. S- Movie. The bus that wouldn't slow down. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so anyway for the for this week's uh for this episode's poll question actually let me go to the last poll hold on let me pull that up all right so for our our poll question for the last episode on the rugrats movie we asked "In uh what is your favorite movie based on a television show um cody said psych uh, uh so- no, had a movie it was multiple movies uh i think they were mostly like you know streaming movies though i've uh, wow okay uh uh Shan says, uh my real answer is Lupin the third the first, but I'm also sliding in the Spongebob SquarePants movie because not only do I want to slap King Neptune's bulbous noggin, the ending theme is my namesake and I cannot go without mentioning it. Yeah, her her uh, her Twitter name is Ocean Man. So yeah. Ocean Man was in the credits of that movie. Yes. Yeah. Uh um, gotta love him. Mark Halen says uh, from uh, from that's not all folks. He said the Blues Brothers. Oh, is, uh, you know, technically that based a, on that, yeah. that is a 10 out of 10 film. That movie is perfect. And then Jordan also from that's not all folks says Gonzo pick the man from uncle,
2: the man from uncle. That's I got to give you props for that one, man. That is it. That is a dark horse pick. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think of that
0: one Uh, for this episode we're gonna ask a very straightforward question which is your favorite scary story my favorite scary story it doesn't have to be No, i mean, I'm, I'm in from the scary stories to tell in the dark okay like, which your of the
2: favorite th- <laughs> story from scary stories the scary stories to tell in the dark series any of the books
0: yeah i mean i as someone who hasn't read the books i can only really go off of this movie and the 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 pale lady is my pick yeah i'm I, gonna
2: say i'm gonna say as a kid just because the, the the nostalgia has me probably the big toe
1: for me, it was always the scarf girl. And she takes off but the that, scarf, and her head falls I, off.
2: I don't think that was scary stories to tell in the dark, dude. Yeah, I think, he, I,
1: yeah, I think it was. I, I think you had it in to, there.
2: No, no, no. The green scarf is a different book.
1: You know, I could have sworn that. Uh, all right, uh, so be it. Then, yeah, pale lady. If if not,
0: yeah, I might even just make this like a just like a, a fixed poll question. Like you can vote on it and just put the ones from the movies. Just like four options. Just yeah. yeah, just do a vote. Uh, oh, and they talent. did
2: postpone the Yankee game tomorrow at four. Those bastards. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I'm going to put a poll option up on Twitter uh, and on Instagram uh, and you could vote for which of the the stories from the scary stories to tell in the dark movie was your favorite. Uh, so let's get to uh, we're wrapping up uh, closing thoughts. What would we give this movie in a rating out of 10? movie i'd give like a six and a half or a seven yeah i'd say this is a solid six movie i yeah. think it's perfectly no, it's fine 26. it has a lot of uh moments of of really uh, inspired you know artistry and and atmosphere uh the stories i mean the, sto- the story overall like is a little bit like a little bit you know unnecessary and i think i would have probably preferred an anthology i would have probably preferred there to like you know it be a little shorter get to the the characters and the scares a little quicker um i think that they they kind of overthought this movie a little bit (laughs) like they need to have like this overarching story where they're all connected and stuff like that um but i think that for what it is i think it's creative enough and i think the it probably will tap happen to that young audience at some point when when they're old enough to discover this movie. Um but anyway, uh Lewis, what would you say?
1: Uh I, I would go like slightly higher to like maybe like a six point five or a seven. Um I'm I'm with you. It's it's good. I I think it's a good movie. I think it's very much not for uh me and where I'm at with <laughs> with horror right now, but I, I I can see kids really digging it. Um I uh you know, I I I think it does occupy that weird space though. I think it it is engaging enough. Um in general, it just takes too long to get going. I think that's like the major issue that I really have with it is just that it's very bloated and it's uh it it's kind of exhausting and I don't know. My when horror movies are boring, that's like the worst thing ever like that is that there there shouldn't be time for that uh, so for this to to get boring like there's just really yeah. no excuse like halloween ends <laughs> i'm not doing this with you all right uh anyway
0: so now if we get to the marketing of this movie i think we we went over that like there wasn't really a lot of it like they kind of really didn't know where and how to market the movie uh the trailers are very spoilery they really kind of only were able to to hang their head on like the character designs that they would show in like the posters and the, and the trailers. Uh, I, I think that that event that you went to is pretty cool, but that's not a universal thing that everybody could experience. No. In fact, no one I don't experienced know. it. It's really. a, it's a pretty like not exceptional job marketing wise. I'm going to just give it like a five. Like it was just kind of very average. Yeah. I'm going to give it like
2: a four. I feel like this movie really needed to go back to the drawing board. It needed two things. It needed a rewrite and it needed to decide, who is your audience? Who is this for? You know, I feel like that would have really helped its direction quite a bit. And it could have made more money.
1: Yeah, I agree with four. I think it's I think it's just below average marketing. I think you're showing too much. Um, I feel like
2: this movie, honestly, even in its current state, deserves some more fanfare.
1: Yeah. And and I think it, it was really silly of them not to lean more into the nostalgia and the marketing um yeah they, they 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 i don't think they made an earnest attempt at that and i think that's really silly
0: I think they had uh, some like laser focused uh campaigns towards uh <laughs> towards uh loser horror podcasters like us. Yeah, right. uh, they like, got they not, got do not disrespect like that. I am a movie
2: podcaster, not a
0: horror. No, you podcaster. aren't involved with that, but they like I said just listen, saying, Jack, don't let me can, in with
2: this shit. Don't don't disrespect me like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, but they no, they, they knew how to quarter us, but like they needed to figure out how to how to you know angle that and laser focus that towards you know the mass populace as well you sound like my boss we're gonna laser focus uh we're gonna brainstorm all right, well, that was a uh, our mind-blowing, spooky episode Boy, of scary stories to tell in the dark. Happy Halloween, everybody! uh And thank you, Louis Bootero, for joining us for this episode to tell your scary stories of when you met the <laughs> scariest monster of all, Guillermo del Toro. Toro.
1: <laughs> it was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm really starting to feel at home here. I think. I think in uh maybe five more guest spots I'll be really comfortable. I'll be like really it'll really be, good at it'll it. You'll be
0: the new host. Of, it'll be your show now. It'll, yeah,
1: yeah. I'll I'll have to like usurp you fully, yeah.
0: It'll be just RMR again but with <laughs> without Jack and without <laughs> You
1: know what, I'm going to remove you both. It's just going to be me. Yeah.
0: Great. Take it over. I'm sick of it already. <laughs> uh, well, thanks uh, for everybody for joining us for this uh, Halloweeny episode. Uh, I'll try to get this out you like said weenie. Halloweeny episode. <laughs> yes. Uh, we'll be back next month with a different guest to talk about a, another uh weird off the beaten path movie. Uh, and then it's Christmas, and then we're gonna have our Christmas episode. It's just one holiday after another. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. All right. Let's uh let's see you then. All right. Thanks for uh, listening. And follow us on Instagram at Cinema Marketing Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Cinemarketpod, Pod, and that's where I post. All of the, you know, some jokes and some memes and some some things about the movie that we talk about on the show. Uh, and then you can interact. You could answer the poll question there. You can and you could, you know, send us your thoughts about the movie on Twitter and uh, interact with us. Uh, we certainly uh, really want to hear from all of you monster kids and, and horror enthusiasts. Uh, and uh, thanks again for listening and uh, enjoy your Halloween. Don't eat too much candy. Yeah. See you later. You really love doing these like cheeky, like '80s radio host type of things. Radio for years, dude. (laughs) Coming soon to theaters.
1: They were designed.
2: Reporting for duty, sir.
1: Wow, voice activated. To be the ultimate plaything. Playtime's over. But now they're the ones toying with us. Truth deployed. No mercy.
2: Incoming. 12 o'clock. How
0: about some RR, yeah. sir?
1: No surrender.
2: Uh-oh.
0: Ah! No warranty. I'm pretty messed up, sir. Small soldiers. Everything
1: else is just a toy. This film is not yet rated.
0: Starts Friday, July 10th. Medic!